and welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is known the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. You can follow the show, more importantly, on Twitter. That is at HEFPod. Follow us on Facebook for all the latest news uh, covering Eintracht Frankfurt in the English language. That can all be found at Facebook.com slash HEFPod. Shoot us an email. That is HeyEintrachtFrankfurt at gmail.com. Uh, gentlemen, uh, I'd like to welcome the and ladies, of course, listening here, there, and everywhere. Uh, got a full panel here today, and got and uh, all headed towards the east. Uh, starting off in St. Louis with Nathan. Uh, how goes it? How's it going? Further east and across the water. Uh, it sounds almost like we're talking about something from uh, Middle Earth uh, when I say that. And it is Roman in a uh, bad fibble. What's up? What's up? How's it going? Happy. Oh, Columbus Day was yesterday, right? Or Indigenous People's Day. Um, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's been Boom. It's been renamed. Did they really and, officially? Uh, did they officially rename it, or do just some people call it that? Like, what's the what's the official is, ruling? It is a UN sanctioned holiday. Mm, yeah. Okay. So United Nations, kind of big deal. I need to come back to Walnut um, Creek. You know, like depending I'm missing on the country. They will still do the other. <sighs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're not exactly in the best of spots to be able to. Womp womp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, golly. Getting off to a great start here, lads. Uh, yeah, so Eintracht been off for international duty. Ugh. Nathan, you called it. You called it saying that this is going to be an absolute sham. You said that this is going to be just like as ugly as putting paint on a pig. Well, I'm using my own language there, but yeah. <laughs> uh, they kind of picked the worst time to insist on playing international matches. Granted, important international matches as, I mean, shit, they pumped three matches in. And as we're recording, matches are going to be going on today. Matches are going to be going on tomorrow. Uh, multiple Eintracht players are going to be involved. Um, busy time. Yeah. Busy time, but... Pretty shitty time, to be honest. Let's, let's be real. Yeah. Now, I don't remember last week at all uh, <laughs> in terms of the podcast. So I don't know what I said, but I don't believe, I don't remember being that hyper- hyperbolic, despite the fact that I typically am. Uh, yeah, but it's unfortunate. Stop the international play, please. Yeah. Uh, to to oh, me, yeah, I mean, Roman, you already don't like the German. You've had your qualms about the German international team for I don't know how long. As long as I've known you, you know, you know I'll get excited for an international <laughs> tournament. And you're like, I really don't care. <laughs> and I used to be a big fan, right? So they just lost me. You know, I mean, like when we won the World Cup in 2014, I was like uh, really, really biggie on it. But it started like 2016, you know, I just like, I just don't like the coach. That's just what it is. And the whole, you know, like the eventivism about it, you know, the whole Nivea boys and, you know, powered by Volkswagen, Mercedes. And it's just advertising and who wants to be shit, a you know, it's like, yeah, it's it's basically what I am afraid is soccer going to become um, 
and 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 I'm not even doing that on purpose, right? It's just like intrinsically, I don't care anymore. So it's not that I've decided I don't care anymore, or because of this and this, I don't care anymore. It just happened, you know. And yeah, I just can't do it. I just don't enjoy it anymore. It's just like it's, I I don't care, you know. It's like okay, they win. Of course, you know, in World Cups, I I watch the games, you know. But it's not that I'm like die hard and I'm like excited in the morning. I wake up and like, oh yeah, maybe we're gonna win this or whatever. It's like oh, okay, we're gonna play today against I don't know whatever England. And, mm, okay, yeah, I'm gonna watch it with friends. Most important. But I don't know. And friendlies. I mean, I have to admit, I've never been a big fan of friendlies ever because they're just like so meaningless, right? Even Frankfurt friendlies. And we could talk about Würzburg uh, in a little bit too. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just think it's, I mean, it's necessary, right? For the team. It's good to practice, to test, to do all of these things. But me watching, it's just not necessary, right? That's just what it I is. I agree. Agreed. Uh, agreed. Especially this year especially this year yeah which which and we talked about this in a little pre-call which is the most stupidest thing ever a human being came up with that during a pandemic where you're trying to quarantine players keep them separate keep them alone you know like not spreading and then what you do is taking all these individuals out placing them with other people for like a week together and then having them back in uh, in, in one thing, so, right? Kind of like in return, right? When when you're at home office, and your 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 employer says, "Yeah, you got to stay in home office, but we need you at the conference." <laughs> and after the conference, you got to come back and present to all of us. Yeah, it's like <laughs> just insane. It's a contract contact tracing, uh, like key example of what how the disease spreads. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's like a prime. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a prime example, on, on on spreading mechanisms. Womp womp. <laughs> Stupid. Okay. Yeah. Well, I would definitely agree with uh, all these sentiments. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> yeah. keep a few womp womps here. I think that is gonna become. Yeah. Once we start about um, Wittsburg, womp well, womp. Going, since we already got started talking about the internationals, uh, we do have one injury. Uh, Ache is going to be uh, uh, out. He's the only person uh, who's going to be returning to Eintracht who at least uh, will not be ready to play. So, Ragnar, uh, best of luck. Yeah, what was the injury? They said he tore something in his leg? Or? Yeah, so he... Um, so he's going to be out for multiple weeks uh, due to uh, minor tendon injury to the back of his thigh. And all you can hope is that in the meantime that there's no outbreak uh, at the Austrian national team uh, where Ilsanker and uh, Hinteregger are both on display over there. Oh. Hopefully Ronaldo wasn't around. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't think that they were playing. Oh them. God! Uh, so far, so far as I'm aware of. Now, some of the in, I'll say this much: some of the international matches that were taking place are part of like for some smaller international countries. Obviously, this these matches matter a lot more because that TV revenue allows for the kind of 
the youth development projects that they do, you know, the stuff that no one talks about, that funds a lot of, you know, those projects. And, you know, without the money, where is it, you know, where is it going to, how are they going to be able to continue to do the work that they do? So I understand how, you know, that works, but it's just really, you just scratch your head wondering what, who sanctioned, who was the genius who thought that this was a good idea. I mean, at least I'll say bulls. I'm telling you that the, the whole associations, they're like the, a teenager full of homo hormones, totally single, 18 years old, just in college and and everyone is telling them, no, you got to stay home. Don't go out. Don't meet with people. And they're so desperate, exactly like an 18, 19 year old teenager, first time in college or wherever, you know, and like, you just got to go out, you know, so desperate, mm-hmm. got to meet with other people. That's kind of like how it's, yeah. you can't be smart about it. They're just uh, desperate. Let's see. The fools. Yeah, let's see where things take us. I mean, at this point, I think the international break for November, everyone's going to point towards, you know, so many. Uh, so uh, the, mo- the more important matches being played around the world are in South America where they're put. I don't know why they insisted on doing this, but, you know, at least they could have put things off until November and just have left, you know, October blank. They could have left September blank, but no, they had to have that stuff too. And all those were friendlies in this Nations League, which is a good idea to insist on. Um, that can insist on, uh, like, com- sort of quasi-competitive nature, but... Anyways, uh, I think we've beaten this horse pretty dead. Um, so how about we get to Eintracht Frankfurt and uh, uh, the international break friendly that we played uh, and looked bad in, shall we? Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, give me a break. Yes. Did you guys watch I, it? I had it Did on. Did you have any chance? Um, but I wasn't. I wasn't focused on it. When the own goal went in, like I tried to blank yeah, it because like I was busy doing a couple other things. But when I w- was watching back and I tried to keep away from social media to try not to ruin the match, and I saw the own goal, I was like, oh, Christ, this ain't good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, look, the guys, for them, it's just a training match, but. Yeah, we've had a lot better training yeah, matches so before. We... Yeah. So what does that mean at the end? What'd you say, Roman? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what does it, well, yeah? What is that going to mean? Well, now? Our, so that's like our the big questions question, right? Our questions last so, week. Um, were, Roman, you've been talking about this for a while. Like, what are we going to do for our aging defense? So we started the game. Have a somewhat answer to that yeah. they, they they started a, a youth kid who is moving from to the big team uh Bruger and he looked awful mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he was bad uh Tuta didn't look <laughs> that much better he just needs minutes though I yeah, it, it it speaks to the the problem in the defense that I'm worried about. So. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the lineup that we did put out, 
there's a lot of rust out there. So Schubert, you know, this is his first chance at, you know, getting some mints to shine because yeah, yeah, the point. Schalke situation. <laughs> uh, at least Tuta, you know, um, oh, shoot, where the hell was he? Uh, he was out on loan earlier this year. So um, in the previous season, I'm forgetting now suddenly where he came back in. But anyways, uh, Tuta at least, he, I think, oh, well, it was Belgium where he was at. Um he got some match time, and you know the the very moment that he starts getting his feet underneath them, um, you know the uh, corona happened, and I think that that league, uh, I think all of Flanders, uh, Netherlands, and Belgium both uh, just shut down. Yeah, I found more interesting, uh, to be honest, uh, someone who was omitted from that squad. So. Um, and I don't know if anyone kind of noticed it, but Dreto Willems, you know, he's supposedly fit, but, you know, last time I checked, you know, he didn't uh, make his move to Newcastle permanent because of his injury. Yeah. And yeah. he wasn't called up to the Netherlands national team, so far as I'm aware of. And, no, I mean, it just, that right there is a glaring mark on the fact that I don't think that he he is he's in a, between a rock and a hard place right now, and it's a matter of what the hell are we going to do with him because it's not like we have a reserve team anymore that we can just throw him to and just be like, sorry, bud, you're look, we don't need you anymore. No one wants you. At least he has some competitive minutes on the reserve team and can be that overage player. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I mean, there's just no. It just exemplifies the fact that there's one player on our books that we needed to get off and we didn't, and now we're stuck with him and we don't know what the hell to do with him, and no one seems to want him. Is a is uh, a misfit toy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what what his plans are. I mean, I, I hope I hope they communicate well, you know, with those with those people. And yeah, I mean, Nathan, I'm totally with you. You know, like the defenses. In yeah. in, in all Even fairness, let's say two Brugge, yeah. I, I wouldn't write him off yet. It's the first time that we've seen his name anywhere, right? And and he has been playing right. And and he's been playing, you know, not with the rest of the uh, high squad, right? So I, I definitely think you perform differently if sure. you are like the weakest link, instead of you know if you play with all the weak links, right? <laughs> and uh, and 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 this, I mean, for everyone, right? For Tuta and for um, Touré, not obviously, but for for Tuta as well, you know. And um, and so what I what I was more shocked about is like our midfield, you know, because they are, I mean, they're all names that. We could see uh, by salary definitely on the first squad, right? By salary, those three, uh, um, uh, uh, four guys, you know, with Acosta, Coa, Durm, and Chandler, by salary they could be first squad, right? Um, and 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 they should also, you know, help those young guys out a little bit in the back, uh, or should be able to keep it off, especially against somebody like Würzburg. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it also shows that we need more games like this with these kind of players getting playtime, right? And I think we need to think about, or they should think about more games more often uh, where they do not use the, the prime squad, but kind of the second leg, 
you know, every every two weeks, even during Bundesliga sessions, you know, give those people a game chain game chance um, to get some match day for people like Brugge, yeah. Brugge, you know, to have him, uh, you know, practice, join, function. How does it work? Give him a feel. Um, and the same, of course. Okay, Rustic and and, and Jerns, I think it's a it's it's a very similar right. situation. We it. It's a, it's a good start. I mean, it's not a good start. It is a start, but at least it is a start, right? Um, and Makanda, uh, I kind of liked. I liked him. You know, I thought in, in his offense he tried. I wouldn't say like he performed, and and even I mean, okay, he missed the penalty, um, but but you know, I think yeah, I, I I would not give him up. I would not give any of those guys up. Obviously, the only ones I would I would write back of. Is like the, the pros out of this, which would be like Durm, yeah. uh, Durm Kor, maybe even Da Costa and Chandler. Um, right. Yep. You know, they could have. I think know, they're. Could, yeah, could have seen a little bit more from them, from those guys. Those were the, those there, were the old rabbits, right? So they were like the old guys. We could move forward with that. But yeah, everyone else, it's kind of like, I guess I have to chalk this up to just experience getting playing time and that it's a friendly and it doesn't matter. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, but still, I'm, I'm, I would totally. But I hate losing against weak teams, even in friendlies. And you always should be, and that's something where Bayern is different, right? So we'll at Bayern, they have this kind of thing where once you wear the Bayern jersey, you beat the opponent, right? And there's no other way, whether it's basketball, women's, under nineteen. Or professional, you know, when you beat the Bayern, if once you wear the Bayern jersey, you beat the opponent, no matter who it is, and um, and that's kind of like what I don't know. That would be I would love to have an at least we got to try it. True. You know, if Würzburg comes, we put in our under under a, a few of our under. We still need to beat them, <laughs> right? But yeah, anyways, that's just my wishful thinking of a Frankfurt dominance yeah. that I will most likely yeah. never witness in my life. Same. But I will never try yeah, to give well, up to hope for, uh, to strive for. Norman, I think you've made a case for something that uh, we occasionally will talk about. Never, ever give up. Um, the reserve team. I mean, is this a perfect example of us needing uh, to have the reserve team back? Uh, yeah. Well, either you you get you think about getting the reserve team back, or you need you need yeah. you need a really good mechanism. You know, you need a very basically you need a youth management on the same professional level as you have the team management, right? Where you can where you, and they got to be kind of entwined. You know, where you purchase players um, early. At a, at a young age to make them to the main squad and if and if we have a shitty a shitty reserve team it doesn't help us either right so i think with loans you can have a very good good system right i, I believe but you got to really proactively manage it right the same way we yeah. did it with um uh with with um uh, like like kamada or even tuta you know but it's just got to be maybe a little bit more professional and I don't know how this is possible, right? So I'm not saying it's going to be an easy ride, but you got to be able to loan 
your team away. And that may then even be better than reserves team because maybe it's better to have somebody play in the first uh, Dutch league than in the fourth league in Germany, right? And if you manage it to that extent, um, then you might be able to get there. And then, of course, get the youth team, the under-19 integrate them as early as possible i don't know i don't know if adi hutter watches the games if he watches the practice is there communication between hutter and the under 19 coach you know how is the whole setup is it like yes. two different teams i mean it is a FAO and then there's the ag right so there are two different companies so to say but do they at least work as one right do they integrate do they know what's going on does hutter know why I don't know, Brugge didn't play two weeks, you know, whatever. Um, it's, that would be my, that's, that would be what I would do, right? Totally integration and uh, have the team also play together, you know, have the first squad play against the, the under 19, you know, for practice, for, you know. So I would... That's a good point. Uh, every under 19 player should know all the professional a, a, a squad, right? There shouldn't be heroes. There should be teammates, you know, on a different squad, but in the same team, you know, like it should not be that, I don't know, like, a, uh, I don't know, the, the, the second line defense of the under 19 um, meets, um, I don't know, Fallette, for example, and things like, oh my God, you know, this is Fallette. You know, yeah. it should be like, oh, there's Fallette. He's not playing. Why is he not playing? You know, like, oh, this is, uh, this yeah. is Kamara. You know, hey, Kamara, totally what's agree. up? You know, they should and know each other. They should be in WhatsApp I would, groups. I would whatever imagine it is. You know, if they, you asked they someone, they should be totally, it should be the say. same team, just and different squads. And then they would hype whatever uh, so they were just announcing with the Kamara system somebody, um, that just came out this, yesterday, I think. But uh, yeah, we need to see it in, you know, the, that that match was somewhat like that. So uh, I, I hope and I, I would imagine that they're on that trajectory. I don't think they're there yet, clearly. But I don't know. Again, to your point, Roman, I don't think I don't know if they need a reserve yeah. team to be competitive and and raise and bring in youths and bring them up through the system to the top flight team we can use the system that we have now where we send them out to a more, like a more competitive league and while also giving respect and put money and effort into the, the youth system, the Academy, which I think they're doing, but we need to see results too. And more communication between the two externally from like the fan side of things. And hopefully one or two Americans or Canadians coming in from the Michigan Academy yeah. that they got set up out there. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a good point, Brian. I mean, the way yeah, they talk exactly. about that place is super weird. And they have one in Tampa too, right? Yeah. That they don't talk about. I don't, yeah. I don't understand it. And like, they're, they're very hands off with those things. And I, it, to that holistic perspective that Roman's talking about with Bayern, it needs to be talked about like that all the time. I agree. It needs to be a part of the culture. We need to have one more. Uh, at least out in the, I would say out west. I would prefer if you're gonna try and catch a lot of Americans, yeah, and or Canadians. Uh, you're gonna have to need one in the Pacific Northwest and one in uh, Southern California because there's so many youth kids who come through there. I mean, it's kind of 
daunting in. Well, you know, I'm, I'm I'm mentioning the Pacific Northwest and the one in Michigan both as locations where you can also get you know not just the U.S. and uh, U.S. youth, but possibly pull a kid from the other side of the border because as we've seen with Alfonso Davies, granted. His story is a little bit different than your typical Canadian story. <laughs> you know, coming through a refugee camp and immigrating from uh, an African country. And, you know, him taking uh, his Canadian, like him wrapping himself around in that Canadian flag so lovingly as he pretty much has done. I mean, I'd like to see uh, a story come through of an Eintracht bringing in a kid. Uh, a highly touted kid from one of these academies, you know, I mean, what if the kid from the Florida Academy happens to be from a Caribbean nation? And then he is seen as kind of like that talisman of, you know, one of the future stars of all CONCACAF and everything. I don't know. I'm really, you know, I'm getting very hyperbolic here and, but, you know, we can, we've, this is, this is a platform to, you know, romanticize a lot of things. But then again, uh, maybe the coffee has just really kicked in. <laughs> yeah, we we still got a lot of work to do. That's cool. that's for sure. All right. We're already talking about the things that we're drinking, or at least I kind of hinted at it. How about we get to... <laughs> hmm. what, what'd you say, Roman? Yeah. And yeah, maybe bad as we think, but yeah. Yeah, maybe we are not as bad as we think we are, right? So, but it, but that's also then bad, right? If you can't really sell it, you know. So if you're not, yeah, if you can't make us feel that yeah, the we gotta see it. being exactly so twination, so to say, one, let's wrap is up, really uh, re- really happening one with our right? favorite so, uh, part um, of the yeah. program. It is a hashtag. What yeah. are we drinking, Nathan? You, the home brewer, the brewmeister, you know. You also have a very adept palate when it comes to what you are drinking and are, and at times, uh, have oh some really uh, interesting uh, add-ons. So, what are you drinking? Though, granted, I will preface uh, that it is uh, early in the morning for all of us. Uh, for two of us, I <laughs> yeah. should say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I brewed an orange tree into an orange juice. No, yeah, which uh, brew did you? Uh, orange juice for me. Did you get uh, going? Yeah, I didn't have. I didn't have any caffeine this morning. I had a migraine yesterday, so I don't want to repeat that. So, yeah, nice. That's where I'm at. What are you guys up to, Roman? What do you got? Good idea. I just finished actually some wine uh, because I was cooking prior to our um, to our. Oh, I'm still I'm in this. It's, I'm still in the process. I mean, I'm, I'm cooking eating after after the podcast, and I needed some white wine for cooking. So Reasoning? I was like, okay, I'm or... just simple, nothing nothing fancy, and uh, yeah. So that's why I'm just finishing up this uh, little glass. And uh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, but it. how about you, Brian? There's so many cheap, easily accessible uh, German wines where. You know, if we wanted that same wine that you are, you know, probably consuming, more than likely, uh, it would be kind of expensive. Yeah, for us. Oh yeah. Oh, for 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 Americans. 
our yeah. for Americans, our expensive wine is cheap, right? It's like something. I don't know if I ever told it. Did I ever tell you the story about my favorite white wine? I do it. I do it quick. Right? So I have a favorite bottle of wine, and I usually bring it to the U.S. And it's a, it's a it's a Hessian wine, right? So Hessische Staatsweingut. So it's like a state wine from the slings, and it costs seven bucks right and i told my mom mom can you buy me a bottle of because i was about to fly and i was like mom can you buy me a bottle of um of the white wine i want to bring it to to i want to bring it to the u.s and she was like yeah i'll get it and she said, oh my god it costs seven bucks why do you want to get like this expensive wine you know and like for, for seven bucks and i was like mom you know like in, in America, people wouldn't, like, if I tell people in America this wine that I'll offer you that I brought from <laughs> Germany was, like, seven bucks, okay, U.S. dollars would probably be eight, nine. That would be, like, what kind of cheap shit does he bring here to the table? You know, if you, if you got one bottle to bring from your home country, right, and you bring an $8 wine, let's say, you know, Let's say if I come from California, yeah. I, I come home and say I want to give my parents a bottle of wine. I would like it would cost me like twenty five bucks, you know, to find a proper bottle of wine, you know, and like and here you get like a good wine, you know, for for seven euros, so eight nine bucks, you know. So um, and it's like more of the it's not high end, right? So don't get me wrong with this, but <laughs> on the higher end of supermarket wines to uh, put this one. They also have really nice ones, but like. Nobody knows the difference in the U.S. In, in, anyways, and I'm not a big wine 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 connoisseur, so the yeah. seven dollar Staats Hessische Staatsweingut Riesling I won't. is um, <laughs> it's just we've all been warned. Here. Just don't tell anyone in the U.S. how much it cost. Because <laughs> I did once, and then everyone was like, "Oh my god, do you oh, know how already. much this costs?" It's like eight bucks, or yeah, like seven, um, seven euros, and they're like, um, oh, "Okay, what do you got?" Like, yeah, okay, so I'm, I'm drinking super large coffee made from my local kind of uh, coffee yeah. company at the roastery. Uh, it's their autumn harvest. Oh, uh, exactly the kind of thing that I need uh, first thing in the morning after, you know, obviously with my much later kind of work schedule that I've got on my plate. But uh, over the weekend, uh, Iyengar's uh, Marzen. I finally got a taste of some of that sweetness, and uh, it's it was brilliant. I was just kind of like, this is what fall should be like. And then a leaf nearly landed right in my glass. So I kind of had a little panic, <laughs> a little panic at that moment in time. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, that beer is transcendent. It oh. There are a few Marzins out there that kind of make me just kind of glaze over and just kind of be like, oh, I just kind of sit back and just think to myself, this is what fall really is like. And you kind of escape uh, as you're drinking it, no longer thinking of all the domestic issues from the election here in the United States or, you know, COVID that's here, there, and everywhere. Ah, oh, anger. Yeah, it's a great beer. I I usually try to buy it every year. I, I missed out on it because I had my own and I just wasn't buying beer. But now I kind of miss it because it's like totally flown past. You can't really find it here at the uh, at the boutique stores anymore uh, this year. So I usually keep one or two four packs in the fridge for like a special occasion hmm. because it really is just a. I I don't I don't drink that unless it's an important day or whatever. So I hear you. oh, it's so good. 
<sighs> okay, enough romanticizing by me and uh, a little bit on Nathan's part as well. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good year. That's going to wrap it up for what hashtag what are we drinking? Uh, we'll be back uh, talking more about uh, the Eintracht Frauen who uh, got up to a pair of matches, uh, listener questions, and uh, yeah, we played Cologne in uh, a Sunday match. So uh, stay with. And we're back. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt, segment two, talking all things Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, a new digital platform has been released by the Eintracht in terms of uh, working with uh, tracking uh uh, youth players uh, at the academy huh. level. Yeah. <laughs> go figure. Yeah, go figure, exactly. So I, f- I found that kind of interesting. Um, I don't know if anyone else kind of yeah. noticed it when um, <laughs> that kind of released it oh, just recently. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Right? Yeah, just yesterday. Or maybe so. Sunday? It, uh, it, kinda, it makes me think that for some people, they'll believe that this is too much, you know, uh, too much technology in the game. But I think that this can be used to really kind of get to the nitty-gritty of seeing the kind of players that on, you know, on a training level, like who is able to see uh, the game really well, who is going to be able to adapt to the professional level where you know the intensity is just so much higher and you're having to yeah. think on your feet so fast i'll use the hockey reference um i've got an echl team now, there are two t- there's a tier between the echl and the nhl and you know you go to one game you know it's nice it's fun uh kind of like Nathan, how it used to be, I would say, you know, you go to, what was that team out in St. Charles? Uh, the yeah. Otters. Uh, you'd go see them, and if you watch the Blues, like, the very next day, you're just like, what kind of chumps was I watching? You know, <laughs> the intensity, the speed, and everything My else. share River Riders games. Yeah. It's so much different. There was the one lockout year mm-hmm. where uh, hockey didn't happen, and a bunch of the Blues signed with that team and played for them. It was a, quite an interesting... Uh, lopsided team to watch play. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. Like, I mean, some guys went overseas. A lot of guys went to the AHL and then the ECHL because there just wasn't enough room. And, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like watching uh, us play Würzburg. <laughs> 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 um, oh. Yeah, so, like, I, I hope that we – I hope this isn't something – I hope that this is more <laughs> – my my skeptical side just says that they got some sort of sponsorship deal with whatever company cuz like all over the all over the media for this is just like the logo for that company yeah that kind of wor- is worrisome to me but hopefully my skepticism is unwarranted and this system is good at <laughs> doing the the money ball type stuff that baseball's known for that soccer really isn't I don't know what kind of statistical system that they are having or implementing, but then it all falls back to that system and then the people who are administering it um, at the at the academy level. So I hope hope it's hope it's good. Uh, we find out that uh, one or two players that we might that scouts were thinking, you know, they might not have it. Perhaps it gives them a second look 
and we register them as, hey, these guys do have the brain to make this work, and perhaps they just need a little bit more time to develop whilst, you know, some other players have the physical attributes, but, you know, between the ears, they don't exactly have what can be... They don't exactly have what they they got the physical traits, but they just can't put it out on the field, and that yeah. makes a difference between a Zweite Liga player and a Erste Bundesliga player, in my opinion. But right, anywho's, there is that. Um, yeah, so whilst the Eintracht uh, men's team has been uh, well after Würzburg, everyone's been on international duty on hiatus, kicking it back maybe having a few marzins kind of depends on what kind of things that the nutritionists and all those other kind of you know specialty training <laughs> types are kind of giving the players whilst uh, there are no bundesliga matches for the weekend eintracht frauen uh the frauen bundesliga has been uh last week had a pair of games so you had your midweek fixtures and weekend fixtures eintracht uh kind of cra- uh kind of didn't do so well um, had to get uh, had to get a late draw, two two draw with uh, Bayer Leverkusen, um, everyone's favorite goal scorer uh, on the charts for Eintracht there and Laura Freigang, and then uh, she provides all the offense in a three two loss to uh, SC Sand uh, at the weekend. So. Eintracht now falling behind in the league table, currently stuck in fourth, and there's a five-point gap between third and fourth. Third place gets qualification to the Women's Champions League. And kind of, for me, it was a little, it caught me a little off guard when I saw it and watched a little bit of the highlights because I wasn't able to watch it live. I was kind of like, well, I've already reiterated uh, in the previous podcast how the team has got one scoring outlet. That's kind of it. <laughs> she's the, she's yeah. the one who's getting on the score sheet. Uh, there are other players who are getting involved, but yeah. Yeah. Um, when no one else is putting the ball in the back of the net, aside from one person, it can, for me, it is more than a little worrisome. But maybe that's just me. Uh, maybe I'm looking too into it. I mean, it's not like were the were were Eintracht fans everywhere saying the same thing when Alex Meyer was the only person scoring goals. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. <laughs> yes, I mean it's not uh, unheard of. It's not unheard of. So yeah, no, I mean, yeah, we've got to see. It's still kind of early in the season, right? And. And yeah, it was a little bit annoying because they had like a great streak and then you have like this little disappointing game against FC Sand. You know, we're like, what the, who is this again? And um, yeah, it's, yeah, we, we gotta, we gotta see. So I, I'm glad that we can, I mean, I started watching the women's uh, team now, even for the first time ever, so to say, I have to admit, I've not been a big, uh, or not a big fan, but I never cared. And now I kind of try to watch it, you know, and at least the, the, um, yeah, you know, at least a little bit, whatever they show, whatever you can see. And not live, haven't gotten there yet, but um, we'll see. I mean, like, let's hope that they kind of go back and they kind of take a little bit of uh, power back to the game. And, you know, that something like this, like the 
like against FC Sant, you know, that this is just a exactly. one-time thing and they entering the match, you know, I come back to I the good old dominance that we want for the women. Three I mean, there uh, I hope the FFC used to be dominating uh, the women's league. Five matches played at that point in time, just three points, and, you know, that ended up biting them right yeah. back in the butt. So, hey, look, you know, you never know. Uh, all you need is one or two things to not go your way, and voila, you're scratching your head wondering what the hell just happened right there. But um, uh, as for watching matches live, Roman, uh, guess what? The On uh, Friday, yeah. the Eintracht Frauen will be back in action against uh, SC Freiburg, another team who's kind of struggling down there, and it's going to be on uh, DAZN. So, going to be able to watch it live there. Here's hoping that uh, the women are able to pull that one out. Uh, yeah. Well, but, yeah. Kind of come back to uh, more kind of women's coverage as we go along. This is all kind of uh, new for us. And so we're kind of indoctrinating ourselves to the women's game, the players who are kicking ass and taking yeah. names. Obviously, uh, there is one gal who does seem to be doing that from a goal scoring standpoint. And so. Um, after this week, after this Friday match, uh, the women will be going on their own international break. Franking has been called up to the women's national team, but you gotta have to wonder with the way Sorry. that the men's, like how many players were getting uh, COVID for all the women, all the men's national teams here, there, and everywhere. And international matches being played today, as we record on the thirteenth, and they're also going to be played on Wednesday. Who knows if those internationals will even go forward so uh we put it out on social media uh, a couple questions uh wanting to hear from some personnel who uh wanted to kind of drive the conversation here at the podcast and this is something that i've always really treasured in the fact that when we started out this podcast this being episode 142 that this is a podcast created by fans for the fans to kind of discuss all things i track frankfurt and so we have a listener question that goes directly to you roman so uh hang on shahar in uh virginia happens to ask who is your favorite i track player of all time and why yeah that's an easy one and probably some of you already uh, know it it is it will be anthony yeboa uh, it will be uh, him. Yeah, it, it's a. Uh, of course, there are a lot of cool players that I've. Um, but I mean, it's, you know, it's my youth team, uh, my youth experience, and kind of like when I fell in love with Eintracht Frankfurt, uh, he was there as well, and I think he was uh, also one of the last really top top players that played for Frankfurt and we saw him basically at his top level at our club. You know, we can say like while he was at, you know, yeah, he, he played for us, you know, and they when Bayern tried to buy him and they couldn't, you know, so this was like the <laughs> still different times, you know, where Frankfurt could keep a player and, uh, and, and Bayern didn't have a chance uh, to get them and his, his uh, athletics, just like his his drive to the ball, to the goal, and it was the whole time, you know, with like uh, um, the Bin Spine Yeboah, uh, kind of you know from the defense, Spine being the distributor of goal uh, of 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 the ball, and then you know like the pure force of Yeboah scoring, right? All he needed was the ball, and the rest, you know, was was then done. And where people say like he's going to shoot forty goals. Um, uh, break the Gerd Müller record in the Bundesliga, so to say, and uh, yeah, destroyed by Jupp Heynckes, 
one of the main reasons why he is uh, a persona <laughs> non grata in Frankfurt. Um, yeah, so I'm a Jaboa's witnesses. I'm totally proud. I wish I, I wish I, w I wish I had bought a T-shirt back in them days when they had the Jaboa's <laughs> witnesses, the Zeugen Jaboa's. Um, and my my still. My favorite chant, I don't know, I probably said it, right, at one time, is about him, you know, it was like, it's like, wir brauchen kein Polster und auch kein Schapriser, wir haben doch unseren Toni, se u a je boa, se u a je boa, se u a je boa. So, kind of like, <laughs> we don't need a Polster, we don't need a Schapriser, so one of the players, uh, we got our Toni, se Toni je boa. You know, and that's uh, super cool. You know, we're like at the gay block. And then, you know, at some point, like this drunk guy was just like, you know, and then like the rest of the block would be like, <laughs> so that was like very, uh, very good memories to that. And um, yeah, that was my favorite. That was one of my favorite chants. Or still, I would even say still is. But you don't hear it anymore, obviously, because most of the people are dead. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, we brauchen kein Polster. That's what it is. We got our Tony. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for the question. You yeah. brought back oh, some good memories here. Uh, Nathan, I don't know about you. I felt a little left out that it went straight for Roman, and we're just like, oh, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm okay. I'm, an, I'm a noob. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have another uh, second listener question. This is from Chris in Detroit. Hmm, sounds familiar. Uh, in the next four weeks, we have three very <laughs> winnable matches. Is this a time you want to see regular lineups and rotations established, or do you want to see new additions and young guys get some extra playing time? Uh, the matches that currently are set in place, um, as of right now, as we are not sure, whether we'll have an international break in November. Uh, as of right now, it is the following. Uh, away to Cone this Sunday, and then we have Bayern on the 24th. Should have been four winnable matches. Should have been four winnable matches because they're going to be playing Champions League uh, this midweek. And, oh, yeah, uh, in two days' time on Thursday, they're actually going to be playing in their <laughs> Day Bay Pokal match. And speaking to a Bayern friend of mine, he said... There's only two guys that are even – it's like two guys from the first team and all the reserves, and that's it. That's currently in Munich. Everyone else is on international duty. So that could be interesting uh, kind of team that they throw out on Thursday, and then, of course, they get playing in the Bundesliga. So that was followed up by uh, Eintracht versus Werder Bremen. Bremen's, well, they've only beaten like – I think they've beaten Bielefeld and Schalke. That's not exactly a great resume there and of course we then wrap that up with uh eintracht and stuttgart which could be rather feisty but i do agree uh there are three perhaps even four very winnable matches i think he's more kind of thinking that the Bayern might be you know winnable but not very winnable perhaps but uh yeah nathan i'll let you uh have your first go at this. Uh, what are you thinking? We want to establish uh, what the first team is and just kind of only with slight tinkering? Or are we wanting to, you know, give everyone a, sh give everyone a good opportunity to show what kind of stuff they got? 
I hope you can hear me because my mic is going. Oh, yeah. You got it. But uh, I would say, without a doubt, we're not in Europe. We're in the Pokal, so we can rest a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't think we should be playing anybody that that we're not trying to uh, have start. Um, So there could be some rotation because we've just made some acquisitions, and there is some questions at certain positions that need to be answered. That said, we don't know what this team is capable of truly yet and i don't think we should mix it up we've in the past we've we've been in these positions where we're like oh we have a nice coast ahead of us where we can just print points <laughs> and then at the end of it almost inevitably yeah. every fucking time we're like well that was just a shit show <laughs> and we should have done things differently um so yeah that'd be my answer we should like yeah. full the first squad just keep keep pushing them until they they can because they'll have time to heal just keep them going roman how about it yeah i would even i would i would totally i would totally second that uh um however you know depending on scores i'm always a big fan of you know at a certain score situation throw in uh one or two so i i kind of i kind of think uh coaches should have two types of substitutes right one experimental and one for tactical reasons right and and that's kind of what what i want to see you know within a within a game depending on the score um put a few tactical of let's say the second line in but then i always want that's why i always want to have a young some young people on the bench right i think that's that's super important to to you know have the situation where you kind of like stupid i mean i'm not saying that you should do it but you know if if Brugger, if just to have a name because we talked about him already you know have him on the bench and if the situation is up give him five six seven minutes of play time um that's depending on the score right but if you're two two ahead um and it's like three four five minutes to go i would always throw somebody in uh for experimental reasons you know um, but besides that, like the lineup, the number, the 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 primary score uh, squad, absolutely, I'm with you, Nathan. We got we got we got to harvest what we you know like all the disadvantage from last season with all the games and having to rotate. Let's try not to rotate and and pick up the points, you know. Hell yeah! And then I be international totally next agree. year. I think it should be well. With the new additions that we've had, I think most of those guys will take up kind of the the bench roles. But I think Brugger, uh, Farnberger would be uh, good guys to have on the bench too. Like you said, Roman, kind of throw on there at a point where you're like, you know what, we're 3-0 up on Cone at halftime. We can kind of let off, uh, <laughs> let off, you know, take our foot off the gas just a tiny bit, you know. But uh, I do think that the, at least against Cologne, I think we will ha- will be experiencing some growing pains because some players will be uh, interacting on the squad for kind of the first time. Uh, if you don't count the friendly, and I yeah. kind of don't. Um, so I I hope that. Uh, Rustic really takes this opportunity since Kostas is going to be gone as a chance to kind of show what he's got. We already know what Zuber is able to show. It's a shame that uh, Ache had to get 
got hurt while on international duty for the German uh, under 23s yeah, because he because he all we've already seen that um I think he has two appearances now to him super annoying. definitely a guy where you know Dost is starting you know, hey got now that he's over 30 you know his legs might be you know a little tired 60 70 something minute and you have someone with a fresh pair of legs who's ready to just go out there and just bully some guys you know, and try and perhaps open up some space, you know, play, uh, play off, uh, yeah. Silva up top and just get some movement going there. It's just a shame that you had to get injured. So, uh, who knows, um, Makanda, maybe he will have his chance, uh, coming off the bench and good Lord, the, if he does, you know, if he has just, Throwing Makanda out there, for example, if he has a Barcock moment, I mean, what's the likelihood that uh, if he yeah, yeah. does something amazing that suddenly, yeah. you know, the African continent just kind of goes bananas because he's, you know, I, uh, I think Angolan uh, descent. So <laughs> the likelihood is that that would just go crazy. Yeah, and... It- and you need that, you know, for the rest of the youth uh, squad people and everything, you know, they got to see chances, you know, like otherwise where are you going to go to play, you know, like in order to make Frankfurt more attractive, young players got to see, okay, I got a chance, you know, right now, to be really honest, if I were a young player and I get, uh, I get contracts from Freiburg, uh, oh, Hoffenheim, Frankfurt, um, I don't know if I would choose Frankfurt right now, mm. right? Because I wouldn't. Yeah, probably Freiburg or Hoffenheim, you know, like um, because like I, I can see right. more of a path to become a professional player in their first squad while I'm there um, in, in a team like this. And I, I kind of like, unfortunately, and don't get me wrong, it's like I wish so much we were more a, more a team like this. Like, you know, like Waldschmidt was totally okay. Yeah, he played, he played here for a while and he didn't make it. We passed him on. That's also legit, right? So not every player has to become a Frankfurt right. player um, uh, you know, for like the professional team, but at least players, you know they need to know that the they can start their Perhaps career. We in have Frankfurt. a very cheap buyback yep. clause, kind of like Real Madrid, so that we can uh, flip the guy, kind of like yep. Mascaral was flipped on us, just to make a little extra cash at the very least. Mm. <laughs> or if hey, the guy's turning out to be a real gem, look at where Waldschmidt is now. He's now uh, yeah. playing for Benfica, so you know. Making moves. Anyways, uh, we kind of talked about Cone. Why don't we get it down to uh, Eintracht versus Cone? So uh, the Bundesliga returns to us, our loving arms, this weekend. Uh, we do not play on Saturday. Damn it. But considering how many of our players are going to be have been on international duty, it's almost kind of like, hey, it, just an extra moment of kind of Coming back to the fold, reassessing, you know, uh, the tactics, because you know, you, if you're an international player, you get a, you, you've got one set of tactics for your international to, international team when you're on with those guys, and then you know, Eintracht plays different, so Austria is different from the Eintracht, uh, Morocco, where Barkak was, obviously they have a different playing style than the Eintracht as well. Um, that being said, gentlemen, Cone, to take a look at him, 
three matches played, a negative four goal difference, zero points. Nil point. They suck. Look great. They suck. But they're looking at their last friendly and really, really hyping it. I think they I think they scored fourteen goals <laughs> to nothing in their friendly. Uh so yeah, I, I want to fire their I want to get their manager fired. You want to fire Gizdol? That's the goal. <laughs> I mean, look, I've seen uh, Timo <laughs> has basically been the reason why those guys have zero points. Because Cologne has not looked horrible, but they've not really looked good. So, I mean, in case anyone has no idea on uh, what three matches they played, they lost to Hoffenheim. That was actually a quite interesting match. But then they've kind of thrown up two duds. They lost to Bielefeld 1-0. And like Bielefeld kind of like had fewer opportunities to score than they did against us. And they made it happen. They just kind of they were just hapless. I think Yeah. I mean something can be said that they're not really that good at being able to break down a team that like Bielefeld is just gonna classically play defense and then take that one opportunity that they get. And uh, when it comes to their other loss, that was in the the Ryan Derby against uh, yeah. Gladbach, and Gladbach didn't even have the full first team, like full, the first full strength first team out there, and they got hosed. They just got waxed, and Timo Horn has made multiple mistakes, and because he's a clone, you know guy through the system they're gonna hold on to him and i'm like <laughs> i'm really excited for playing them because i think that we're gonna punch holes in those guys and a lot of them they've got nothing to lose except their Bundesliga status of course yeah. <laughs> apparently they want to put they want to play the rivalry yeah. against dusseldorf next year because dusseldorf not getting promoted from the Bayern Liga right now Bouncing back and forth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that we're going to see a team that's going to go all out yeah. in this match. They've got nothing to lose. So, uh, do we do do we start Rustich and Jonas? I doubt it, based on the based on what we saw. So they might be a late start if we have a good like to to Roman's point. So I'm I'm thinking that we're going to have just like a just a good out of the gate. You know, we got kicked in the nuts, and that's good because it was a friendly. We're still human. We need to win point. We need to get these points early in the season to maintain a comfortable spot and keep going to finish in Europe. So, do do do. I will say two to one. I'm not. I don't. I don't think this is going to be a particularly attractive game. Roman, what you got? Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's going to be interesting because now we're going to, it's going to be similar like the Bielefeld game, you know, how are we going to look like, uh, you know, how are we going to do it. Um, however, so there are two sides of Frankfurt, as we all know. One side is, uh, let's get rid of their coach. <laughs> the other one is, perfect time to give them a new piece of hope, a game against Frankfurt, right? So um, if you would if you would have asked me, what do I expect? I would have said the typical uh, we're gonna we're gonna make sure the first points uh, for Cologne um, are are in, um, but uh, of course, I I hope it's the other way around. You know, we we have to beat them. 
You know, I think Cologne is going to have a tough season this year. Um, and now they're starting already game three, the whole coach situation. They're always a weird team, you know, with their leadership and, you know, supporters. And, and um, and yes, yeah, I don't know. There's still kind of like the whole HSV Frankfurt 20 years ago before Bruchhagen, you know, so very wild, not really, not clear, no job is safe, you know, from the president to the manager to, and, and never, right? It seems like uh, things always change. You lose three times in a row and you're done. Um, so it's going to be a tough week. Uh, I hope we're going to beat Cologne and I hope we're going to beat him real with a 3-0. Mainz and Schalke who are all sitting there with zero points. Cologne is not Schalke bad. Schalke is, I mean, that is the dumpster fire of dumpster fires. And if they survive relegation, yeah. they will be able to eventually build themselves back up. Cologne, yeah. I think that I think that we saw it in, when we returned from the Corona Palace. Like they got a few points at the beginning, and then realized, oh wow, we're like safe now. And so they basically were on the beach. And I, and for whatever reason, uh, Gisdol has not really made the turnaround uh, as they've returned back to play happen. Yep. And I think Roman, you kind of highlighted that either we're gonna kick their ass or we're gonna be that you know miracle drug that you know allows them to kind of wake up you know that uh that wake up wake up call um god i'm blanking on the phrase for it but basically we're going to be that miracle pill that is going to allow them to kind of uh not be relegated and that they're able to figure themselves Mm -hmm. out you know maybe we get uh the coach fired i'd kind of laugh at that you know, if that ends up being the thing. But I do think that the Eintracht is going to kick ass and take names because I think that uh, Timo Horn will make a mistake. More than likely, it's going to be Silva, you know, like putting the ball like right through his legs and all the Colon fans on social media will be just like, you know, start trashing on Horn because the guys made all... I mean, multiple podcasts have uh, hinted at how poor he has been, which has, you know allowed for the team to kind of just it's not like that they were making bad moves it's just that things just aren't coming together and we remember when that last happened to Cologne and they got relegated when they were also playing in the Europa League and (laughs) Timo Horn became their their boy you know because he stayed with the club yeah he stayed with the club which is honorable and everything but he's I mean look in terms of the goalie mistakes for the season He's on a Viedwald level right now, just to kind of <laughs> put it into perspective. I have, I'll so. have to say, I we don't have to beat this dead uh, goat in the ground, but uh, <laughs> Marius Fulf could be. Yeah. We got to talk about former Eintracht players yeah. that could have a have something to prove, especially since he's kind of on a downward slope in his in his career cycle right now. Um, yeah, should never have left. Would he? Totally, but I, I saw that more with Gacinovic, you know, but uh, um, I don't know. Yeah. Gacinovic didn't, so I'm pretty confident Wolf is also not going to do it, uh, even though probably being saying that, I'm probably be jinxing it uh, just right now. And yeah. But yeah, um, to make a prediction, uh, 
I think that the Eintracht is going to win 3-0. I think that one goal will go in, the Cologne guys will drop their heads, and then uh, Dost will be able to knock another one in. And at that point, they're just going to be just dead in the water, and it's only a matter of who else is going to score. And I'd like to think that uh, one of our new guys, Hustix or Jonas, is able to uh, uh, put, you know, get on the score sheet uh, in their debut. That will be pretty awesome to uh, see because Cologne is just hey, I'm buggered. I'm with you guys. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope – well, I don't care if I'm right. <laughs> I, I hope you guys are right. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, you know, it's the same fear, right? I mean, it's always always possible. I mean, we're talking about Eintracht Frankfurt here, right? So uh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. The diva may... Let's avoid a diva. <sighs> Let's avoid the diva moments. I think that uh, the Eintracht will be able to keep the clean sheet, unlike some people might be thinking that uh, that will concede one. But I think that KT will, so long as he doesn't get hurt or have corona uh, happen to him, because a lot of players are still on the international break as we re- record... A lot of things can happen in the meantime, but uh, if we have KT between the sticks, I have full faith in the team to get the result. And if, you know, uh, something happens and Trap is no longer the guy doing the business, I think Schubert will at least uh, be able to fill the void just fine. And it's not like as though we've got a Viedvald that would then have to be the guy to make all the stops for us, which, oh God, if it was Viedvald and Horn uh, looking at each other on either side of the pitch, I would think that it would be a goal fest because those guys would just be crap. But anyways, so 3-0 to the Eintracht. <laughs> <laughs> Ways like that it. we can watch the Eintracht-Frankfurt uh, against Cologne match, the early kickoff on Sunday should be pointed out um so in the caribbean uh rome that is a flow of sports that's going to have that uh, down under in australia that got ko sports and being sports connect uh in australia and that also means for uh, i haven't seen anything for uh, new zealand yet so kind of pending on uh that uh canada's got sports net uh, world that's going to be showing that you got ESPN plus here in the United States in the United Kingdom. That's going to be BT sport two, uh, UK, Ireland, uh, BT sport two and Germ in Germany. You got sky sports Bundesliga one is going to be having that. So we don't have to worry about, uh, anything too terrible. Cause if we were on the Saturday and, if no one kind of knew this, uh, the Bundesliga for Saturday is just absolutely full because they, uh, because of the internationals, they actually are not playing that match on Friday, and it's just added to the early kick on the traditional uh, what is that uh, the the, the fifteen thirty kickoff slot in Germany. It's got like five six matches going on. So kind of glad that uh, uh, the attention can be on us. But then again, the, as we are at the Diva, sometimes that's not exactly the best of things to have happen. <laughs> so our predictions are in um, ways you can contact the show. That is on Twitter, at H-E-F-Pod. Contact us on 
via email. That is heyundrickfrankfurt at gmail.com. Of course, you can always follow us on SoundCloud, which is our storing platform uh, where you can find uh, previous episodes of this podcast as well as the most recent up-to-date ones. This one should be dropping in shortly. Um, ways that you can... Uh, Facebook.com uh, slash ATFpod is the home of all things uh, Eintracht Frankfurt in the English language, so all of the latest uh, art news and articles and episodes can be found all in one great spot. So, gentlemen, where can we find you guys in the social media uh, sphere of the world? Nathan. You can find me on Twitter and Discord at N-A-J-A-K-W-A. Robin. On Twitter, on SFB Eagles, and Instagram as well. There you go. Yes. And uh, you can also follow me, uh, at KCSGE. And, yeah, it's been great uh, bringing episode 142 to you guys. Uh, hopefully you guys will keep uh, reaching out to us uh, for episode 143 and onwards as we continue mm. the discussion of all things Eintracht Frankfurt. So... Eintracht versus Cone at the weekend uh, for the men on Sunday. And on the Friday, Eintracht Frauen versus uh, Freiburg Frauen. Here's hoping, here's hoping that Freiging is able to score goals number 9, 10, uh, excuse me, 10, 11, 12. Uh, I'll stop there because I don't know if she's going to want to score too much, many more. I just hope that uh, those legs just uh, don't stop scoring. So. Here's hoping the Eintracht front Allen and the Eintracht uh, men's are able to get uh, three points each because that would be great and gives us a lot of talk about uh, for episode 143. So without further ado, uh, exactly. I'd like to turn out the lights on this one. And uh, for all of us here at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, juice, juice. Tschüss. Hey, Antrag Frankfurt, tschalalalalala. Hey, Antrag Frankfurt, tschalalalalala.